Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Bird Show. So Mo's mom has a really sentimental idea, but she's going to make Mo work for it. I have a lot of pressure on me right now, and I got to come through for my mother, and I'm taking my time with it because it, it, it has to be absolutely perfect. But um, it's a tall order, but I think I got this. So I came in here. I don't remember exactly when it was. It was a while ago, and me, my family and I, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going through a tough time. All of us were just in a place of life where we all kind of just needed uh, to be lifted up a bit. And I, in talking to my family, came up with this idea, which we all later named the ladder effect. That's what we, we decided mm-hmm. to call it. And what it was, was um, each week, because there's five of us in the family, we would focus on one individual in the family. And the four of us would all pray for this one individual. So you would come to the family on a Sunday and say, this is what I'm going through. These are the areas of weakness that I have. And here's where I could use some extra prayer and some extra thoughts. And then we would all kind of give our opinions if we had any on what we felt like that one individual could do in order to maybe help their situation. And then behind the scenes for seven days, we would just pray for this person and whatever they asked us to pray for. And then at the end of the week, you'd come back and you'd speak on how your week was. Did you did you feel like you fixed anything? Did you make any progress? Did you feel the prayers? And we did it for each of us each week. And it actually worked. Like, uh, I mean, I felt like it would work, but it even surpassed my expectations of it. And when it was my week, I could certainly feel it. Like, you Mm. could genuinely feel that you were being prayed for and that you were being thought about. And you kind of just saw it help each week. You would go from being in a certain place and you would be a little better. And we carried that on. And so this was also around a time when my mom had just retired and she was looking for different things to do to kind of keep herself busy. And one of those things that came up in her mind was to write a book. It inspired her. This whole that whole process inspired her. She'd always wanted to write a book and to share her jewels, if you will, with all of the people that would read it. And so I was happy for my mom. And I was like in the back of my head, I was like, wow, this would be amazing if she really followed through with this and then I saw how serious she was taking it like every time I would call her or I would come home she would be in that room typing away working on her book and I thought it was really cool I know it takes a lot of time a lot of effort it takes a lot to write a book Bert you would know you you came out with your own book yeah it took 20 25 minutes (laughs) (laughs) probably took her 30 I thought you were about to say 20 25 years (laughs) so she uh she actually finished the book she went along with it and she spoke to us about chapters that we that we are in or that how we inspired certain chapters in her book. And she took the time out and she completed the book. And so I'm super proud of her for that. And Amazing, it's going to be published. And, yeah, she did her thing. 
So the only thing that's left to do now, she wrote 15 chapters of the book, and it's about everything from, um, like, moving in fear, how to adjust to life when you find yourself in a place of fear and how to get through that, um, spirits of discernment, how to how to just get through all different phases in life and challenges and what she did and all of her challenges and all of the things that she went through in her life and just giving people literal juice. It's called Jew Drops for Your Journey. So just things that you can use from her experiences to kind of put yourself in a better situation to be successful. Love it. So I thought that once she finished the book, like, it was over. Like, there was no pressure on me to have to do anything, and I was just excited. But then, of course, I got the call that was like, I need one thing from all of my children. And I'm like, okay, cool. So she's like, um, I need you to write me a forward. <laughs> and I, I've i read a lot of books. I don't really read the beginning of the books. <laughs> <laughs> I started chapter one. I didn't know what a forward was. I forward, I forward right by the forward. Yeah, exactly. Always. Right. <laughs> hell, hell no. Emails on time I forward. Uh, yes. So I, I looked up what a forward was and learned that it's it's a, a message from someone. It could be anyone, but a lot of times it's someone close to you that basically tells the reader what to look forward to and why you should read the book and then also something about the author. But, of course, in, in my family, the way this works, she gave me, like, to inspire me, like the first two sentences of what my sister wrote for her. And my sister's a writer, writer. Like, that's her thing. Like, she's amazing with words. And it was so good that I immediately went into, like, competition mode. Like, this, I'm like, oh, my God. She makes my mom look amazing. Oh, your mom knew what she was doing when she told you that. She did. She went to the kid she knew was going to crush it and then told the rest of us, following suit, try to do something, try to do something like this. So she gave me this assignment, and I have a couple of weeks to get it done for her, and that's all she's waiting for. And after that, the, uh, the book will be official and ready to go. So for the next week of my life, I have to um, I have to really take some time to buckle down and, and do my mama some justice. I double dog dare you to have chat GPT do it and I, send it to your mom. I'm literally on the website right now <laughs> typing it in. <laughs> <laughs> it was right a 250-page forward for a what? A book about uh, Jew drops for your journey. So uh, it needs to be. Um, it needs to know what the subject matter. Uh, 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 how to navigate through life. Navigate overcome. life lessons. Yeah, advice for life. Something like that. Adver- I, overcome adversity. May, should I battle? Chat GPT, is that what I should do? Like, should I write my own and then have no, no. Chat GPT write one? You write your own and have Chat GPT write one, and we try to guess whose is whose. It's Ooh. easy to tell because yeah. Chat GPT has zero feelings that's at true. all. Yeah, that would be easy. Here was Some what. Some days that's Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Most days. <laughs> Here's what it initially Most. came out with, right? And then you could alter it. It's much longer than this. I'll just give you the first paragraph. All right. Uh, The title is Navigating Life's Journey, A Comprehensive Guide to Thriving in the Maze of Existence. (laughs) Damn, that's not bad. That's pretty damn good. (laughs) I'm actually intrigued to hear what they say. Uh, You wouldn't start this, but it says, Welcome, dear reader, to a profound exploration of the art and science of navigating through the intricate and often perplexing labyrinth of life. Excuse me? Right. My mother would know I ain't right there. <laughs> right. You're going to have to change a lot of these words. Okay. Okay. A couple of these are like four syllables. She'll know right off the bat it's not you. Uh, in the pages that follow, you're about to embark on a transformative journey, an odyssey that transcends the boundaries of... Con- it's never going to work for no. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's not good. It's not We're going to have to dumb that one down. By the time I edit that, I will have actually wrote it. Yeah, I might as well just do it. All right, keep us posted, man. I will. But it's an honor, though. Yeah, I'm, I feel super honored, and I, I'm going to do it justice. 
this, and when I'm done, I'll, I'll come on and read it to you guys before I send it to her. The Bird Show. All right, moving on now. Is she moving too fast? She just ended an eight-year relationship and, like, immediately is starting to see somebody else. Things are going well, but now she's starting to second-guess herself and go, like, am I moving things just too fast? Hi, Bird Show. Last November, I received some advice from you all regarding my eight-year relationship with no proposal. I decided to take Kristen's line in the sand day advice after being extremely clear with my boyfriend that marriage and children were non-negotiable for my future. I told myself that if he didn't propose by January 1st, the relationship would be over. And sure enough, the holidays came and went with no ring or promise for marriage, not even a mention of it. So I broke up with my now ex-boyfriend on January 2nd. Kicked him out of my house. And let me tell you, I feel amazing. (laughs) Bye. Bye. So after hearing my words played back on the show, I realized how desperate I was to make something (laughs) impossible work simply because of the length of time we had been together. I took a step back and I evaluated his effort in the relationship and around the house and saw myself as more of a roommate than his partner. I started to resent him and I knew for a while things were nearing the end. I honestly don't know if he will have ever ha- if he will ever have the capacity to marry anyone. I've been grieving the end of this relationship for weeks, so now that it's over, I have never felt more free. Once he was out of the house, I received countless lectures from friends and family about how this was the time for me to find myself again, how I shouldn't rush into the next thing and how I should get comfortable with being alone for a while. However, a few days after the breakup, I met someone new while I was out with a friend. He's a couple years older than me, great job, funny and sweet, similar interests. Honestly, checks all the boxes. We clicked instantly. It's like the sky opened up and dropped the perfect guy right into my lap. We've been seeing each other almost every day for the last two weeks. The piano playing is the absolute best I've ever had. I'm just having so much fun. He really knows that I'm newly out of a relationship and is okay with taking things at my pace. I'm really not trying to rush into the next thing, but everything just feels so right. Please don't drag me through the coals because I know how all this sounds. I'm really not trying to rush, but things are moving just naturally and perfectly. But be straight with me. Is this too soon? Shouldn't I feel worse after this kind of breakup? I feel guilty for feeling so good. Do I keep seeing him or is this or is time alone really necessary after this kind of a breakup? Hmm. <laughs> why, are all all my, why are all eyes on me? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Okay. Um, eight, eight years is a very long time to be with somebody. Um, I, I typically would be one to suggest that you do ha- take some time to yourself to really sort through the feelings of, um, sort through your feelings. And I'm not saying there's a, a right or wrong amount of time to mourn the end, you know, to mourn the end of a relationship. In this instance, I feel like in this particular instance, I feel like the end, it hasn't, it hasn't just been two weeks. I feel like the ending has been longer, even though you guys were together it was still like the end of the relationship, if that makes sense. Like you probably were already in the mourning period while you were still in the relationship? Correct. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think that that can exist. So as of right now, I feel that like what you deserve because you because you haven't had happy in so long, do what makes you happy right now. 
And if that is going out with this dude, then so be it. Now, you're just going out, having fun, getting your ear, ear on. Uh, before you move on to anything serious, I would take a step back, you know what, and really, like, observe the situation. But right now, I, as, uh, you know, as you're my friend, I would not judge you. I was like, you deserve happiness. You deserve release. Go have your fun and don't feel bad about it. So I'm going to double down on what Kristen is saying. Kristen, for years and years, um, advised me, like, after a breakup, take some time. And I have been a notorious relationship jumper, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and she was right in her advice. After my divorce, when I was just a pig, um, I really should have done nothing. I should have spent more time with myself because the women that I were I was dating it was unfair. They never really had a chance. I hadn't mourned my divorce long enough. So I would absolutely, if I had to do it over again, I would have taken Kristen's advice. However, I will say this, that, and some of this is the exact same thing you said. Um, if it's casual like that, spend time by yourself. However, if a unicorn comes around and you really believe in your heart that this is the right person... I don't know how you pass that up without having regret that. I wonder, you just know when it's totally different and it's a completely different level. And I wouldn't be capable of saying, you know what? I got to put this thing on pause for a couple of months because my heart would be where I think I'm supposed to be. For me, I, I think it's a it's a feeling thing, and I don't think there's a formula or an equation that works for everybody. Mm -hmm. I used to think that you need to take time after a relationship, but the older I get, the more I realize that's just not always necessary. I think I was in a relationship once that impacted my life so much, I needed that time. But I was also in a relationship that I grieved while I was in it, so by the time it was over, it felt like it had been over for a long time, and I didn't need the time. So I, I think life is short. Everybody is different. Every relationship is different. And I think you should just go with your feeling. If your instincts and your gut is telling you that it feels right, I don't think there's a such thing as too soon or too long. And I know in the relationship I'm in now, it felt very different than when I met anyone else at any point in my life. And it kind of went to that thing of when you know, you know. That's what people say. So if it feels right, I think you should just go with it until it does. So it's different than that intoxicating new feeling that you have with any new date. This was different. It was very different. Like it, it was, yeah, because that feels like it's just new, and you're more excited because it's new. But there's something different about meeting someone, and it just fits it to the point where it's like scary. Like you knew them your entire life, and and you haven't. That's a, a different feeling than just the intoxication thing that you're saying. Yeah, but you've got to really be honest with yourself because as your friend, like if you come to me and you say, oh, I found this unicorn, I'm honestly going to have a hard time feeling like it's a unicorn so quickly after the relationship. Because after you end a, 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 an eight-year relationship, I think sometimes it can feel like it's the right thing because you're so lonely and it feels so good. It's almost like a solve over that wound. But... To your point, Kristen, like I think sometimes you can grieve the relationship while you're in it. I think women especially do that. So I think, you know, get some. And if it's fun, enjoy it while you're while it's just that. But really be honest with yourself. Is this the right person? Is this a unicorn? Or does it just feel good in the moment? The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. Morally. Our expectations for Kim Kardashian are low, but I've never seen <laughs> people this disappointed in Kim Kardashian. But before we get into that, who knew 
think Mo would be the first person to bring me some Swifty news. Although I don't know if I would call it Swifty news, but you heard it here first. Mo <laughs> is on Taylor Swift Twitter because he just showed me something so disturbing that I'm so glad it didn't come up on my timeline because I would have been incensed. But Mo just showed me that Taylor Swift AI is trending on Twitter because people are making these fake photos of Taylor Swift, very sexualized in like mm. Kansas City Chiefs cheerleader uniforms, and they put her face on it. It is disgusting. It reminds me exactly of when Kanye did this to her in that famous music video when she's naked in bed next to him, but it's not really her. It feels like revenge porn. And it's disgusting because people are defending it too, saying she's a celebrity. She's a billionaire white woman. It's fine. And I think sometimes we forget that even though artists are this upper echelon and they're really rich, they are people too with humans and they deserve dignity and respect. So if you're a billionaire, you're allowed to take shots at them. Personal shots at them. Is that it? Or they're, a celebrity? No, they're saying because she is a billionaire, she should expect it with the territory, oh, essentially. On. And it's, I ain't even show you the bad ones. It's some of those that like the way they're yeah. sexualizing her are they're, they're pretty bad. Those weren't even the bad ones? No, I didn't show you the bad ones at all. The they ones, get much worse. The ones that you showed me were nasty. Mm -hmm. You don't got to worry about um, Swifties sticking up for Taylor. That will be an ugly day for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you see anything like that on your Twitter timeline, be sure to report it because it's, it's gross. All right, or when I say Kim Kardashian did something out of touch, there's really no shock value there, but this latest headline had me gagged. So this is a quick kid warning because we're going to talk about some sensitive adult topics. But Kim Kardashian is now... Now the latest brand ambassador for Balenciaga and she didn't have to go far to endorse them because her recent campaign is like a shot inside of her closet showing off her 129 Balenciaga bags. So let me catch you up on what Balenciaga did this time last year. This so they, is like a big time name mm -hmm. brand. Yeah. yeah think okay. like Gucci, Givenchy. Yeah. Like okay. not name brand, but like designer brand. Balenciaga is a name that you definitely know and you think of like in same same tier as Louis Vuitton, um, Prada, Gucci, Dolce & Gabbana, etc. Big deal, uh, big name brand. So this time last year, they were caught up in a scandal where they did this photo shoot where they had young kids posing with stuffed bears that had BDSM style harnesses in uh, on them, which is already very like, why is this happening? But then if you look closer at some of the photos, some of the pictures where there's like a desk and a bunch of papers on it, it included documents that had a Supreme Court case with child... Uh, that was all about child sex abuse materials. And so to me, when I saw that, I'm like, this is more than just bad art and somebody making a horrible decision. It feels very intentional, like it's targeting children and sexualizing them in a way. Yeah, they, it was gross. It was out of touch. It was just it, how it got through. Because we talked about this when it happened um, and how it got through all the different levels to actually even getting publicized and printed is beyond me. But it's one of the reasons why I didn't chose Balenciaga as one of the bags for mm -hmm. our new, your new bag. It seems to me like it's a calculated move to say, okay, we know this is going to be controversial, but we're going to go for it anyway. Because she's so particular about her brand. And like Kristen said, there are so many levels of eyeballs that are going to go through that. I think at the end of the day, I'm just assuming you say, okay, Let's do the, the scale thing here, the benefits and risks. We know we're going to get a bunch of crap, but we're also going to get a bunch of publicity. Is it worth it? At the end of the day, they made the decision that it's going to be worth it. That's not a mistake. Yeah, I know. I think the Kardashians do everything specifically with publicity in mind. To them, like no press is bad press. But everyone, of course, is coming at her being like, she is a billionaire. She's one of the biggest names in Hollywood, in fashion. She could have chosen any brand and it feels 
it feels a little icky that you would choose this brand that literally this time last year was going through the scandal. Um, so she, uh, the Balenciaga apologized, like the, the creative director apologized. And some people think like if you own up to it, you apologize, you make a mistake, you know, you, you can let bygones be bygones. But for, for, for Kim, like you have four young kids mm-hmm. and they were like, they're the ages that these kids were in these ads. It just, it it's, it's off. Yeah. I don't understand as a mother. And she don't need the money. She literally doesn't <laughs> need the money. That's why I'm like, why not just go partner with Louis Vuitton, partner with Gucci. Oh no, Harry Styles with Gucci, but partner with literally start your own haute couture, couture brand. Like it doesn't make sense to me. She said, for me, this longstanding relationship is built on mutual trust and commitment to doing what's right. I'm excited about this next chapter for the brand and to become their ambassador. So I'm Googling now how much she gets paid by them. Uh, even though she's got so much money just for the announcement of the Kardashian and uh, partnership netted $1 million in media impact value. That doesn't really say how much she's earned. Mm-mm. But it's got, I mean, to sell out yeah. like that, it's mm. got to be a boatload. It's definitely in the seven figures. All right, this actress admitted she's successful because of her big boobs. And I'll tell you why she's okay with it on your next eBuzz on the Burt Show. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas, make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet, you keep beside your bed. You got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't got to worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast. So be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas, make them very spicy. And when it comes the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up if you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors adam and eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else or if it's a single girl summer there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year adam and eve is offering 50 percent off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up asap and you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your your delivery, Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, The Bird Show. Real talk, a lot of times when we're doing The Bird Show and I start the segment, I sort of know in my head how it's going to start. 
where we're going to take it, and I know how we're going to get out, just sort of inherently in the back of my head, or maybe I've done it so long that I just know those things. But when we talk about things that are so deeply personal on the show, if I fear cracking the mic because I don't know what direction it's going to go in. You tend to go off script. We're going off script, mm-hmm. and there is no script. <laughs> <laughs> so this morning, my ex-wife Stacy is in studio, and it's the first time she's seen this studio, and the first time she's been on with us in, what, 10 years? Oh, it's probably six or so. I mean, I think after the divorce, the divorce, we I was on a couple times, oh, yeah. but it's probably seven years or so. That surprises me yeah. after the divorce you were on because we weren't doing so great at times. There was a little <laughs> time where we were. Well, I was on with the with Bert's Big Adventure, right, 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 yeah, right, right. for the twenty year trip. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, Stacy sent me a text the other day that we're going to get into, but I'll tell you what was more impactful for me than that text you sent was when you came in studio this morning and she said, like, the anniversary of me moving out of the house is, like, coming up in the next couple of weeks. For whatever reason, I got, like, all tight in the chest and super sad immediately. Yeah, it's actually this week. It was someday this week. It was in the 20s in, in January of 2015, so it's nine years, nine uh, years this week. It's one of the hardest days of my life is... Leaving the house where your kids were growing up in, where we had so many different memories. And I remember being so scared. I couldn't be in the house to begin with. I left. I'm like, I got movers. They took the little things that I had. I didn't have a whole bunch. In fact, I think my first night in the townhouse was like a TV, a beach chair, and maybe a table. Um, But I remember being so hurt by that day, I couldn't watch my stuff come out of the house. And I was moving right down the street. So I think I've tried to compartmentalize it, and I haven't really thought about it a lot. So when you brought it up, I'm like, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> I just thought it was so um, uncanny that, it, that I'm in today, and it was this week. You know, like nine, yeah. like nine years. And you know, they say when you're take the number of years you're married, and then divide that by two, and that's about how long it takes you to heal. Really? And I literally I've feel like I've too. come out. Of, of the darkness, like literally in the last six months or so. Ten years later, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I've done some pretty, you know, I mean, yeah. I've done some pretty deep work. In- so... Really intense. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons why uh, I wanted to get Stace on today was her suggestion, I think, to come on, right, was um, we are at a really great place now. So great, Stace, uh, that people think that you and I are getting back together. <laughs> uh, Somebody made a little comment on my message yesterday, like, I hope you guys get back together. I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> We're good. I'm We're just, much better friends. Yes. I'm just watching your dogs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's it. We're yeah. not getting remarried, right? Um But things have progressed so well, and I think with any, can you say healthy divorce, I think you and I have always been really good, even in the thickest, most tense parts of our relationship. And man, when you're going through that divorce for the very first time, you don't know what you're doing. It's different than any other breakup. There's more on the line than you've ever had before. Your ego's wrapped up in it. You had control issues. I had control issues. So when the kids are at your house, I thought, oh man, that's not consistent what's going on in my house. You should change. You felt the same way also. And we went through a, a a long period there where things were very, very intense. But to our credit, I think that we were pretty good in front of the kids. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, they were we they were number one from the we said that from the very beginning that when we when we started to talk about separating that no matter what, the kids were not going to suffer because they don't choose this. Right. They don't choose to get divorced. So at the end of the day, you've got to put all your stuff to the side. 
Almost swore. <laughs> you caught Just yourself ready in there, Tommy. That hasn't changed. I can tell when Hollis has been with you for a while. He comes over to my house and he's throwing the F bomb oh, around a lot. It's so bad. And driving super aggressive. And I'm like, you've been with your mom for five days, haven't you? Right. And what am, I can't say anything about the F bomb because that's every other word for me. So it's like, I can't even discipline him, you know? But yeah, I think, I think you know, we've, we've kept them first and that's uh-huh. been the key. And and I do want, um, because I really love where we're at right now. In fact, uh, when my engagement busted up, Stacy was one of the first to text me and say, look, if you need to talk about things, go ahead and hit me up. And I've been trying to be there for you also. And, and I think one of the reasons why you wanted to come on today was to sort of give people hope that are in that low point of their divorce, that if you guys can lose the egos, right, and keep the kids first, it can get better. I think that's number one. And I think the second piece and the big thing that I learned that shifted everything for us was coming from understanding. So drop the ego, stop thinking you know, and it's about you. Try to come from where are they coming from? Why is he choosing this? Well, I know Bert better than, I know you better than you know yourself. And I probably still do. I don't know. You know I've changed a lot the last couple close. of months. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't even know me anymore. Well, right. <laughs> right. Um, but, and what I say by that is when I started to come from understanding where I was like, well, no wonder he feels this way. Of course he feels like this. This is who Bert is. And this is what is drives him and what's about him. When you're looking at family history and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And just who you are in general and, and how, what your relationships are. And like when you start to come from understanding and you stop making it about you, you come from understanding first, first before being understood. Mm-hmm. That changes the whole game. It's all so, about lenses because yeah. we all have our yes. own unique experiences mm-hmm. and upbringings and we all have our own lens on life. Instead of forcing everybody to look at the world through your lens, you have to take a step back and try to look at it through theirs. And when you can do that, it stops being personal. Yeah, yeah. So the key is to stop making whatever they're doing. It's not They're not doing anything to you. Mm-hmm. You're making it that way. That's how you're choosing to experience it. So it's all about how you choose to experience it. And when I stopped doing that and realizing this, the third piece is becoming creator of your life and not victim. Mm-hmm. So when you get divorced, you can't help it. You feel in victim. He did this to me. He did that to me. Why did he do this? Why did he do that? You know, and you feel it's all to you. You're in this, man. We're co-creating it together. Mm-hmm. So I'm creating it just as much as you are. So why am I choosing that? Because I don't have to react to it that way. I don't have to experience it that way. It's my choice every moment. So those were the big things for me. And mm-hmm. once I got there, then I could start to shift the way that I related to you. And that changed everything for me. Yeah. And for me, I'm not really sure where the shift came. I think it was priority with the kids first. And I think I had the same thing that you and I have well, never I been good. I sent you an email. I responded to an email with you. It was early 2020, and I came from understanding for the first time instead of fighting you. Mm-hmm. And why isn't mm, and all that? Oh, that's right. Cause I, and I, you felt understood. And all of a sudden, he was like, oh, sure, no problem. I'll do that. And I'm like, oh, my God, it really works. But I also felt like it was a trap. <laughs> oh, wasn't it? <laughs> I, I think I even said that to you later yeah. on. I was like, this was so different than you normally communicate. Right. I felt like. This is coming from a play. What's going on here? What's the play? What's the play? (laughs) Um, But since then, I guess you're right. That has been sort of the turning point. Yeah. When you you can really just stop making it personal Mm -hmm. and then keep the kids first. It's a game changer. All right. So let's talk about the maiden name thing here, because the way that you wrote the text to me, I it was 
super considerate that you wrote the text saying, hey, I'm going back to my maiden name. Um, you didn't have to do that. I would have never thought about it, to be honest with you. Um, and I guess maybe I'm unclear on why that is such an important decision, because for me, when I got it, I'm like, yeah, it's your life. It's your name. Do whatever you want. And I, I didn't have any feelings about it. I think there's some men that could have some ego around that. Like, you don't want my name anymore, even if we're not married. Like, I think, I don't know, just, I, I've had it a long time and mm -hmm. it's your name. Like, that's an important name to you. And so for me to choose to not have it, I just, I just wanted to be considerate. Hmm. You know, I was gonna, I knew I was going to put a big post out yesterday and I was going to mention that. And I was like, well, I haven't told him. And a lot of people ask me, like, have you told Bert yet that you're, you know, and Mrs. Weiss was a big deal. Mm. She was a big deal in this town and she had a big name and like, that was a, that was a thing. And so it was a huge decision for me. So what was the reasoning behind it? Because I had a really huge shift in July, a really, really big personal awakening that kind of solidified all the work I'd been doing for the last four years. Can you talk about it or too personal? <clears throat> no, it's not too personal. I think what finally happened for me is I woke up and came to understand that I'd been spending my whole life seeking the approval of everyone else. So I was showing up how everybody wanted me to show up or how I thought they wanted me to show up. So it was all in my own head, right? And I was showing up how I thought people thought Stacy should show up. Just there's lots of times that we would get out of the car and you're like, don't forget your first lady of radio, mm. you know, make sure. Virtual, yeah. Right. And so it was like, you know, there was a lot of times I wasn't myself and I was choosing things and I was saying yes to things and I was being things that wasn't me. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't aligned with me. And so one of the, and I had this awakening in July and what it really told me was that's one of the reasons I left the marriage was because I felt like I was always seeking approval and I needed to get out on my own and figure myself out. And then I'm in this transformational community that should mm -hmm. be completely authentic. And I realized I was still showing up how I thought they wanted me to. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what are you doing? This is, this doesn't serve anyone at all. And so it just, I had enough awakening in it that I was like completely done. So it's just not even an option. And that's what moved me into looking for the new job and getting back to nonprofit and all of that. And that's, and so as I started to look at myself and what's not aligned with me, the name came up and mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that I'm not Mrs. Weiss anymore. Mm -hmm. That's not who I am. And it opens space for you. Like, who knows where you're going to go and if you might want to marry someone again. Like, you think I'm going to take her name? There doesn't need to be two Mrs. Weisses. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I don't need to be that anymore. And, I, and I'm just so who I am now. And it's just another way to like be Stacey Sakel again. I, I think at the end of the day, uh, and then Cass will get to your question. I'm not ignoring you, I promise. Um, I think that when we're in a healthy place, like where we are right now, we honestly just want each other to be happy. We are the um, parents of our kids. And at the end of the day, we're still pretty important to each other. Our happiness matters. And if that was what was going to make you happy, uh, forget it. I don't, I, yeah, that's all I wanted. Right. When you were over the other day and we were talking about um, your breakup and I just went to you and I put my hand on his heart and I looked right in his eyes and I said, I love you. I just want the best for you. And, and I meant every word of that. And when I said it was so healing for me to say it to you again and to love you again, because I certainly did not love you for a while. Mm -hmm. And it just was like, wow, like that's so to be able to, to bring yourself there. And I, and I'm just so grateful we're talking about this because 
I attract all these divorced women, and these are the people I'm talking to all the time. And like, how are you doing this? You know, and well, they you get wanna... to a certain age, it happens a lot. Well, yeah, fifty percent right. of the time, right? And they're in really deep, ugly stuff. And you're trying to like, and I'm trying to to teach like teach them like don't you don't have to be victim like it's okay like just don't make it personal and so talking about this day is huge mm-hmm. because be able to have maybe someone will turn the corner and just choose differently. I, I would have never assumed when we were going through those really tough times um, where yeah I, I didn't have a lot of love for you either. Um, in fact, I was trying to do everything I could probably do avoid you and just be together when we had to with the kids that we would get to a place now where if something was going on in my life, I, one of my first people I call is you to go, she knows me probably better than anybody else. Right. So it's possible. Yeah. I can only imagine how difficult the decision is. Cause I think for a lot of women now taking their husband's last name can be a difficult, it was for me at least a difficult decision. And I couldn't imagine living with it for so long and then making the choice to step away especially when you essentially will no longer be sharing the same last name as your sons. And I would love to know what you would say to women who are going through a divorce or who have been divorced, who are considering reverting back to their maiden name, but are maybe hanging on because they've been this person for so long, or they want the same last name as their kids and they have some maybe guilt around letting go of that. What would you say to them on their journey in terms of making that decision? I think it's super personal. So it's really kind of your situation and where you're at. For me, when we were getting divorced, Hollis said to me, Mommy, now he was little. Mm -hmm. Like, we forget how little he was. And he said, Mommy, they're not going to know you're my mom at school if you have a different name. So I was like, okay, no problem. I won't change my name. (laughs) Why would I do that? You know, so I I didn't. And then I didn't for a long time. And so I, I would say it's really about what's best for you. But I think there is a piece of this that like I probably could have done this maybe five years ago. Hollis probably would have been okay then, but it was more for me about when they were ready. And now they're like, are you kidding me? Why haven't you done it already? They never know, right? I, I commend you for doing it because it's a lot of paperwork. Oh, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh my it? God, it's oh so much God. paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it everywhere. And now with... I mean, if you did, if I did it 10 years ago, there wasn't so much social media and like every single account, everything, yeah. everything. Don't forget your sky miles. I forgot to do that. Stacy got a brand new job here a couple of weeks ago also. And that's what really started to open up our communication as well, because she needed a place for her dogs. And I'm like, well, I like dogs temporarily. <laughs> um, so tell them about the new job too, because it feels to me like this is the perfect match for you. Oh, it has been so exciting. The whole journey of getting this position has been amazing. So I'm now with Kate's Club, and it's a bereavement charity that um, helps empower children and teens and their caregivers um, to move through grief in a, an empowering way. And they've been around for uh, 20 years, um, started by a woman named Kate Atwood. And we both came up in the ranks in, in the Atlanta area with our charities. So we started in 2002, Birds Big Adventure, and Kate's Club started in 2003. And they helped us quite a bit. Like when one of our Burt's Big Adventure kids lost a sibling or vice versa or whatever, they were there for us volunteering saying, hey, we got a place for them. Yep. So they became members right away. So we had this crossover for a long time. It still do, you know, which is great. And so it was very natural fit and it was very much um, full circle too. So that was really exciting. Like when I had this big awakening in July, it kind of, I reassessed and I said, what do you want to be doing with your life? 
And I was like, nonprofit is, it just kept coming up and coming up and coming up. So I started looking in November, um, four rounds of interviews with them. It was rigorous. They, they did not let up and they were <laughs> stone face. They were so good. Like I, Judy, I was like, I had no idea. The second they made the offer, Judy sends me a text. She says, I'm so excited about you. But it, you, I would have never known that in the process. But the job is um, regional director of I'm sorry, director of regional expansion. And they're taking Kate's Club to other cities in Georgia. That's so great. Awesome. So they've already gone into three cities, Athens, Brunswick, and Albany. And I'll be managing those teams and then growing it even more in the state. Um, so it's really exciting. And they've been so welcoming. And it's just a perfect fit because I've done all of these things before. So I can just bring my expertise and... It's incredible. Congrats. You are exuding joy right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. You really are. So Thanks. happy for you. Thank you. Congrats on the new job. Thank you. Get them dogs over to my house. I will. <laughs> this went way better than the Bobby segment. Yeah. <laughs> way better. At some point, you're going to have to let that go. I, I never. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're in here. Thanks. All right, it's the Burt Show. Hey. The Bird Show. Told you guys yesterday I was going in for that acupuncture, right? Oh, yeah. A whole bunch of you guys hit me up on DM saying you were really, really nervous about going. You thought about going, but having all sorts of needles in your body and your face or whatever, it was enough to freak you out so you didn't do it. So, it's not bad. Um, it's, it wasn't bad at all, actually. Mm-hmm. It was no problem. Um, so, yeah, I go in there yesterday, and I tell the doctor exactly what's going on. I tell her about some of the analytics that I'm seeing in my body, on my gadgets and my health apps and stuff that aren't making me real comfortable, that indicate that my body is under a lot of pressure and stress, even though mentally I've been telling you guys, I feel great. I mean, I really feel great. So when I'm looking at the data and it's telling me I'm not great, I just want to throw this thing out the window, right? (laughs) So I go yesterday and I talk to her about it. And she's like, all the things that you're concerned with, and there are three major um, uh, categories that I want to get into. It's too advanced and it's all biohacking and it's health and blah. But anyway, there are three things there that I'm not happy about. And she's like, Bert, uh, I think you're focusing on the wrong things here. If we can focus on you getting better sleep, then it will take care of the pressure points in your body that are showing stress right now. So I'm like, well, that makes a whole hell of a lot of sense, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you're not getting good sleep and you're not healing and you're not recovering, that affects everything in your body. I mean, when you think about it, there are only three things we really need, right? We need what we're putting in our body. You need oxygen to live. And the third one, food. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. Yep. Food, oxygen, sleep, you know, all three pretty important things. My husband harps on me all the time about sleep because he listens to all these Smarty Pants uh, (sighs) podcasts and... I think we've always known sleep is important, but I think more so now more research is being in, being done as to how important it is, not just to your body, but to your brain. And that we need to take, um, we need to be super diligent about getting adequate sleep. And that's why this culture of like exhaustion and so busy and, you know, I, you know, like you wore like a badge of honor. Like I only got like four hours of sleep right. last night. Yeah, no, that's no longer a badge of honor. Now you just look like, now you just look stupid. Yeah. Sleeping yeah. you did. Yeah. 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 No. Just killing yourself, right? And you want to live longer? Sleep now. <laughs> For sure, right? And I pinpointed to her the exact day that I started getting really crappy sleep. And that was the day, honestly, I'm not making a joke, that my first son came home from the hospital was the last day that I had good sleep. He was a preemie. He came into the house. Uh, I remember lying down and I could hear my heart 
beat through my chest in my ears filled with so much fear that was something was going to happen to him if I fell asleep. I remember that day like it was yesterday and that was the last day that I got good sleep. Now he's 21. I don't really get too concerned about his sleep now, but I'm not sure if that had something to do with it. I don't know if the therapy unlocked some kind of trauma, but either way, the bottom line has been, if I'm not taking a sleep aid, I'm getting three hours of sleep, if that, and it's a light sleep. So I've been taking this for 20 years now, and even with that, my sleep's not very good, and I told you guys I've been focusing on mostly my recovery sleep. You got a whole bunch of different stages when it comes to sleep, and if you can't get into a deep sleep, then your body's not recovering. You might get six hours of sleep, but if you're only getting six minutes of deep sleep, that's very, very bad. So I go yesterday. I tell her all about my problems that I'm having. She says, are you, do you have any fear of needles whatsoever? And I said, no. Not at all. Stick me as many times as you want. Put them wherever you want. I got no problem with Except it. Except for one place. That would be awful. Could <laughs> <laughs> you imagine if the acupuncturist wanted to put one in your dingaling? Oh, oh, good. God. Oh, that's, oh, that's the one place you're. Yes. Oh, what yeah. were you thinking? I wasn't sure. Okay. Lee had that done. It just wasn't from an acupuncturist. Oh, very true. Yeah, no, he volunteered. He wanted it. I had needles in my nipples one time. Oh, Why? It was something when I was a teenager. I had like these knots under my nipples. Nipples had to go to the doctor. It is the most painful thing. My mom had to hold my hand down from hitting the doctor. Yeah, nipple nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you do not want no. needles in your nipples. That's good advice. Yeah. I think that's pretty safe right and there. If you're going to, ladies, if you're going to an acupuncturist who's a man that says you need <laughs> needles in your nipples, I would just get out of there ASAP and find you a new acupuncturist. So she said, look, if you're really nervous about needles, I'm not going to put 100 in you. Uh, I won't even put 20 in you if you don't want. And I'm like, I got no problem. Put them all in me. Heal me, quick. I can deal with the pain if it's going to hurt. So I think there were between 20 and 30 needles maybe yesterday. Predominantly, they were in my stomach, but there were some in my feet, some right above my hands and my forearms also. And I barely even felt it go in. It's like a a little itty bitty pinch for me was no big deal. Although she says she does have clients that even that right there is painful for them. For me, I didn't feel anything at all. So after they do that, and what they're looking for are the points that um, they believe, God, it's so complicated to try to explain. Mm. We'll Google it. Um, <laughs> so she puts those in me. Um, I, I lay there for 25, 30 minutes. She comes back in, takes the needles out. I go home. She says, look, if you're feeling tired tonight, do not fight it. it, it just go right to sleep because you're probably going to feel tired tonight. I'm like, Whatever. Sure enough, man, I couldn't keep my eyes open. About 8.45, I couldn't keep my eyes open. So um, I fall asleep around 9 o'clock last night. I open up my analytics this morning. I got more deep sleep last night, which is an hour, and I still have to build from that, than I ever have before. Wow. Wow. Ever. 20 minutes max for me. And the very first night was 52 minutes. And my heart rate was down to 58 beats per minute, which is really, really great for me. And that's just the first night. Wow. Did you feel it when you woke up? Definitely felt refreshed. 100%. Also changed my pillow yesterday, too, because two people in my life yesterday were asking me where I have pain points. And they're in my neck. And I have said that I can't find a pillow that works for me. Both of them in the same day suggested that I just wrap up a, um, a towel. Or a uh, a comforter and try to lay on that. And I did that last night. 
And it was fantastic. I don't need a pillow. All you need is a towel. So between that and the acupuncture yesterday, I don't know if this is a one offer. I don't know if this is in my head or not. But I feel fantastic, and I slept uh, over seven, seven and a half hours last night. So are you going to go, is it like a weekly treatment that you have to get, or are you just going to play it by ear, see what happens tonight? So she was telling me that in the U.S., for whatever reason, we are programmed to go like once a week. But in China, they do this like every day or every other day. So uh, I made an appointment for Saturday, and I'm already booked for next Wednesday also. So I'm going to do it twice a week. All right. Well, Kristen and I are available if you want us to make you a pin cushion. We have <laughs> okay. great aim. Um, I can Google this, and I can do this to you, too. I can, I can have this done today. I mean, he was able to do my C-section. So of course yeah, that's right. that. <laughs> You're on The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Who said my giant boobs and my body open doors for me? <laughs> so an actress recently came out and said, my giant boobs and my body open doors for me. They were my passport to the world. I have a couple different options for you. Okay. And this is who you're deciding between. We have option A, Sofia Vergara. Option B, Dolly Parton. Option C, Christina Hendricks. D, Salma Hayek, E, Scarlett Johansson, or F, Pamela Anderson. So many boobs. So many boobs, so little time. I was thinking Christina Hendricks, because she's like sort of known for that voluptuous hourglass figure. That's what I was thinking too, because man, her boobs and buccaneers, man, those puppies are jiggling all over the place. They they were like their own character. They really were. (laughs) Is that who it is, the mom in, in the buccaneers? Yes. Oh my God. I could not. I, I was like, respectfully, ma'am, I can't look away. <laughs> I'm looking respectfully. Because it's the old-timey corsets. And I mean, she could literally just take her tongue and go, and like literally like lick her boobs. <laughs> she might have the biggest boobs I've ever seen. It's They are impressive. All right, so, huge. All right, so she's out. Go through them one more time. Sophia Vergara, Dolly Parton, Salma Hayek, Scarlett Johansson, Pamela Anderson. Salma Hayek. <laughs> Dolly Parton. Sophia Vargara. Oh. Yep, she said there were. Uh, she said there are women who are prettier, younger, and who have bigger boobs and a better body than me. But I'm still around because I have demonstrated that I can stay. So she said, even though that's what y'all were all looking at first, you thought I was just hmm. this big bimbo, but I actually have the acting chops to keep it around. So you know what? Feminism. If you only see my boobs, that's your problem. Oh, I love Dolly Parton's quote. It takes a lot of money to look this cheap, mm-hmm. honey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a Bachelor contestant is being praised for her character on the show. It's not something you hear every day with this show, but I'm interested to hear what you would do in this situation. So the Bachelor producers introduced something new to the show. They gave one contestant a card, and it gives her the ability to steal a one-on-one date from another girl at any point during the show up until the final oh, few God, that's weeks. Brilliant. That the producers, yes. whichever producer came up with this idea deserves a raise. Yeah, how can we get more petty? How can we uh, add to the um, tension on the set even more? This is great. Because mm-hmm, she walks in with a card and all the girls are like, is this giving her immunity? Does she get to kick one of us off? What is in that card? And it turns out when she opens it up, it means she can steal a one-on-one, to which I was like, like, okay, so does that mean you're going to be on up until the final weeks? Like, what if what if he sends you home tonight and it doesn't even matter? Yeah, you better use it quick. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But she ends up turning it down. You know the producers were in the studio when this is all going down, going, she's ruining it. I came up with this brilliant idea for tension, and we gave it to the one mature bee on the show. <laughs> they dropped the ball because that shouldn't have been an option. You right. should have to use it.
Oh, or otherwise, or you have to leave? Yes. Yes. That's, they dropped the ball on that one. Mm. Oh, you die. But <laughs> <laughs> This is your last day on Earth. Survivor meets The Bachelor. I would watch that. I would be in there every week. It's a whole different squid game you got going on. (laughs) That's so funny because when I saw this, I thought, oh, there must have been some producer in her ear. She must have gotten in with the producers that were like, you know what's going to make you look really good if you turn it down. And then he's going to want to keep you around anyway because you're such a good person. Uh Yeah, I mean, that's the only natural response to that. I mean, that... Even if she didn't feel that way, she had to say that, and that was well played. Yeah. I got to say, she's better than me. I would have been keeping that. I've been like, bye, hoes. I'm going <laughs> to the end. <laughs> <laughs> For more stories, head to the Burt Show podcast on your favorite listening platform. The Burt Show. Thursdays, follow-up Thursdays on the Burt Show. You guys hit us with an email going, hey, Burt Show, I never got closure on blank, so can you help me out? And then we'll do the homework, and we'll get you the closure that you're looking for. Uh, This one came from Brittany Bays. Hey, Burt Show fam. Love the show. I listen every day from Lexington. Second of silence. (laughs) R.I.P. Yeah, they broke up with us, too. Some of the best cities in America have broken up with the Burt Show. In Indiana, three times. Three times. Indianapolis, three times. (laughs) Uh, I'd love to hear a follow-up from a caller whose boyfriend was going to spend Christmas and his ex-girlfriend and her family out of town. He said it was for closure and like a goodbye. She writes, sketch. I hope you all had a wonderful holiday season. Happy New Year from Kentucky, from Britt. After a few months of dating, Daphne invited her boyfriend to spend the holidays with her and her family. However, her boyfriend turned it down because he was spending Christmas with his ex. He claimed he wanted to properly say goodbye to his ex and her family. We all unanimously agreed that this was super shady. Daphne was on the fence about how she was going to approach him. Did she go on the trip with him or did she kick him to the curb? Hi, Bircho. Thanks for checking in. I guess things kind of worked out. They almost didn't, though. After hearing all your thoughts on the situation, I decided to make it known that it wasn't okay and he should not be spending Christmas with his ex and family. He told me that it wasn't up to me and that he had already made plans. Of course, this really made me angry. I ended up giving him an ultimatum to either cancel his plans with his ex or we are done. Unfortunately, he went ahead with his Christmas plans with his ex and we ended up breaking up during the holidays. But it doesn't end there. Fast forward to New Year's Eve. He calls and apologizes. I bet he does. If I hadn't already had a glass of wine or two, I may have been a bit stronger. However, I told him to meet up with me. We spent New Year's Eve together and then all New Year's Day talking. After some serious talks and thinking, we decided to give it another shot. We're back together. Uh. But taking things slow... Trying to rebuild trust. I'm sure you all think I'm crazy, but I decided everyone deserves a second chance. I'll let you know if anything changes. Hopefully, 2024 is going to be a great year. I did not see that. Mm-mm. I mean, she gave him an Mm-mm. ultimatum. He didn't want to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. So he was going to stick with what his plans were. And she didn't like that. So they broke up. Like, I. <sighs> then he realized what's out there. <laughs> it's, it's scary out there. So while I mean, it's not like it's infidelity or cheating. Um, it just looks like one person looks at the situation as being disrespectful, while the other person looks at it as you're trying to tell me what to do and dictate and control my life. And so, um, hopefully, they can move past that and see a future together in 2024. 
Yeah, now that you guys are back together, I think you should get him a belated Christmas present. And it needs to be one of those shirts that has the arrows that says, I'm with stupid, and it points to you. Because that's how I feel a little bit about you. Do not ever let a man tell you he doesn't want you twice. I think I think that's what's going to happen here. Yeah, save that. I, I think that's what's going to happen here. I think you gave him an ultimatum, and he, in that moment, looked between you and another choice and did not choose you. I, for me, that would be enough for me. If you're not choosing me in a moment where it counts, I'm done with you. So, he, with, he chose another woman over here. He literally her. chose another woman. I'm with Abby here. He chose. You gave him an option, and he took that option. And of course, after the, he, it's done. After he chose and he did what he wanted to do, he wanted to work his way back in. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when when you allow that to happen, it's fine if that's your choice. But you also have to realize that if this comes up again. And he has to make this choice again in his mind. He can do this and get away with it because you allowed him to the first time. So for me, I would have been done after the first one. Hundred percent. All right, Messy Mikey, back in studio. We got about uh, ninety seconds to two minutes. Who got offended at the funeral? Well, my we lost my grandma the other day. Um, I'm sorry, sorry. Thank you. Um, so we had the funeral probably last week. Um, Catholic church, you know. I'm standing there handing out pamphlets, and in walks my sister's fairly new boyfriend. <laughs> And that's that's a good thing. Like, that's points right there. And he did it exactly right. He didn't, like, sit with the family or anything. He just sat back, like, with the crowd. Um, just there for support. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so the preacher gave a great speech. It was a cry fest. Uh, it's like whenever they turn the lights on. They make you cry at the end of the movie, and they turn the lights on. So it was a cry fest, and then immediately you got to go up and get communion. You know, they put the little bread in your mouth. Um, <laughs> that's so, not how the body of Christ. The body of Christ. Little body of Christ. He's like, you know that snack you get in the middle of a funeral? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I guess if you're not a practicing Catholic, you shouldn't take the bread. Correct. So I, so I went up and did my crossed arms thing. So that's what my family told me to do. I actually wouldn't have known. Nobody, he's not a Catholic. Nobody told him, don't eat the bread. So he walks up and uh, he has his hands out. (laughs) And him and the preacher are having this weird, awkward moment. And the preacher, the preacher know if he is or is not Catholic. They, neither of them knew what to do with each other. So the preacher (laughs) put the body of Christ directly in his mouth and he walked away just happy, got a piece of bread. My whole family, my whole family was sitting there appalled. They're like, "No way!" He just did that. Every point that he gathered from coming to the funeral was lost. And uh, yeah, what did, what did they do when he went back and asked for seconds? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so points taken away. He lost his points. God giveth, God taketh away. <laughs> <laughs> it's a virtue. Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at the Bird Show.